Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we host a show about hosts. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined, by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's going so great. Uh, super excited about today's episode because we have an amazing guest with us. From the gayest episode ever, Drew Mackey is here. Drew, how's it going? It's great. It's so weird to hear you guys do that intro live. <laughs> <laughs> and also, I don't need, I, I, I don't mean to like give anything away, but I listen to you guys on like 1.5 speaks. So that's why I listen to everyone. And yeah, it's sure. also weird to be like, oh, they're, they're saying it normal. That's, oh, how it, uh-huh. that's how it really sounds. Do we need to retake it? <laughs> no. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, I uh, g- greatly appreciate it. I feel like we've got we have a fun topic today, but I feel like it's a sideways topic, right? <laughs> like it's it's one that we have to approach with like maybe more outside the box thinking than normal. I think I think that's true. Um, but before we get into that, I uh, just want to uh, point people to um, our Patreon, patreon.com slash Nintendo Cartridge Society, where you can support us uh, if you like with money. Of course, you, you're under no obligation to do so. Um, but if you support us at the 8-bit or 16-bit levels, you can check out our uh, mo- once-a-month episodes of miniseries that we're recording. Uh, we just finished up the NCS Detective Club, where we watched the great detective shows of television. And we are currently making our way through NCS Goes Broadway. Um, oh, by this point, we will have just put out uh, our episode about Les Mis. That's right. Um, and uh, there'll be another one coming up in about a month. That's right. And also, in about a month, if you are a member of the Patreon, you'll be able to vote on what our next miniseries should be. We think it'll be in about a month. <laughs> we think we it'll still be in about a nailed month. Down We're exactly hedging the our bets a little bit. Um, uh, And then also, uh, if you would like to join the Discord, which is uh, where a bunch of listeners of the show are hanging out and talking about Nintendo stuff basically all the time uh, and having fun, cool, interested, and interesting conversations, uh, you can email us at NintendoCartridgeSociety at gmail.com, and we will send you an invitation. Uh, Drew, before we uh, get into the topic where we are talking about hosts, um, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about uh, Gayest Episode Ever. I just listened to your episode about... um, uh, Noho Hank on uh, uh, on Barry, uh, and I loved it. I thought it was great. Well, thank you for listening to that. Uh, yeah, so Gayest Episode Ever is um, sort of what NCS Detective Club's detective show season is, <laughs> except we're mostly just talking about sitcoms. Barry was our exception. We really loved Barry a lot, and we feel like more people should have watched Barry. And uh, there's just so much interesting and really funny stuff in that show that uh, that made the podcast. But, like, if we... if you're listening and you have a favorite sitcom, we've probably talked about it because it's like 200 episodes in and we've covered most of the sitcoms that are there. Yeah. Um, do you think you have like then like a, uh, a supernatural eye for uh, which is the gayest episode of a sitcom? So we came up with the name and we realized there was not a podcast called that already. So we just picked that. <laughs> but there is no metric for determining the gayest. No. So like we've, we've not done a good job executing this concept at all. But uh, we, also I don't necessarily love ranking things as much mm. as like picking one episode and being like, this is what it did good. This is what maybe it didn't did yeah. so good. And this is why it's worth your time. Uh, well, I 
like I said, love the conversation about uh, Noho Hank. Uh, I, he's one of the. Uh, um, I, I keep like revising in my head a list of like my favorite characters of the 21st century, uh, and it's always him and uh, Dylan Maxwell from uh, uh, American Vandal. Um, that I'm like, those two are locked, and mm -hmm. then I don't know how the rest of it uh, fills in. Maybe Ahsoka Tano's in there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, in, in any event, uh, so check that out. Uh, and then, Drew, you also have a, a website. I do. I have a website that is maybe a little bit more geared towards people who listen to this podcast. It is called Thrilling Tales of Old Video Games, and I write about old video games. And I like to dig stuff up that I feel like no one else cares about. But no matter what I write about, there's someone that cares deeply about it and will contact <laughs> me about it. Uh, most recent thing I think I've done is, do you guys know Clue Clue Land? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I did a whole thing on the gender of that lead character, <laughs> who in America is the first female hero in the first female main character in a Nintendo game, Whoa. but in Japan she is not female. So someone at Nintendo of America had made the choice to be like this character who's just like a red circle with a face <laughs> right. yeah. nothing about it that indicates <laughs> any gender. They're like, this is a girl we're naming her Bubbles in Japan no gender, named Gloopy. Oh. Named Gloopy? Gloopy. Gloopy. Oh. Gloopy. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> so clearly, it's, they're like, we can do better than Gloopy, but they made this character a girl, and ever since, uh, Nintendo of America officially recognizes Bubbles as a girl. <laughs> oh. uh, well, great. I love that. Yeah, uh, I and, love that, too. Uh, and you will frequently, if you are in the Discord, uh, see uh, Drew sharing uh, links to his stuff there, too, because... Uh, again, just the kind of stuff that we like talking about. So, um, all right, let's get into our topic. Let's discuss our favorite Nintendo hosts. And we do this because we are on or around the one-year anniversary of yeah, the release of Splatoon 3. Yeah, I think we're going to nail it 3. pretty close. Um, and Splatoon, as a series... Um, I feel like, uh, especially among Nintendo series, is unique for putting uh, characters sort of like on the box or like characters that are sort of front and center who are hosts of the event that's happening, right? We have these celebrity personas in the form of like the Squid Sisters or, uh, you know, in the new game, what is their name? Shiver. Right. Shiver, Fry, Fry, Fry and Big, Big Man. Man. Mm. I was thinking, what's the name of the... And look, we... We play Splatoon 3 at least a little bit. What's the name of the group? Deep, it's not Deep, deep cut. cut. Deep Cut? Deep, I think it is Deep. Okay, sure. Deep okay. Cut. There we go. Mark's looking it I up just, to, it just up. to check. Um, but the, uh, j just the, the, the fact that they, they have this like host thing baked in, mm -hmm. um, it's uh, a little bit fascinating, right? Like I, I, I can't think of another game series except for maybe um, the, uh, uh, the Dark Anthology do you know the Dark, Dark no. Pictures Anthology? Do you know these games? Mm -mm. Um, it's uh, their uh, narrative games by the studio that did uh, Until Dawn. Um, and there is like a host who like lives in a library. I don't know if he lives there, but he, he, he presents everything. He could just, he could just work there. <laughs> he could just, he could just work there. Um, who like is sort of the narrator for all of these stories. And the stories are like unconnected. But he sort of acts, he's like the crypt keeper, basically. Um, but not Got dead. It. And right, right. Okay. Fewer puns. Yeah. Right. Um, so how. And lives in the library. And lives in, right. Does the crypt keeper not live in the library? He lives in the crypt. <laughs> there we go. Uh, at the very least, he keeps it. He works there for sure. Right. <laughs> um, but it, and I mean, does he live anywhere? I don't. He might not live. He, he's so. not alive. He's I'd like to alive. think that like he lives somewhere in L.A. and like drives to work every day, like commutes <laughs> yeah. with everyone. Oh else. yeah, he has to commute for sure. <laughs> uh, 
But, but before we uh, go into like our, our favorite Nintendo hosts, I was wondering if we could just like spend a little time talking about what qualities we like in hosts. What makes a good host? Mm. Is there? Uh, do you have like a go-to host in real life that you're like, this is my like quintessential my. When I think of host, I think of this person. So, in twenty during like when we were uh, locked down at the beginning of twenty twenty, my husband and I watched so much. Uh, amazing race, <laughs> and uh, and so Phil, oh man, and what now? I I I really just know him by Phil. He has a last name. I don't know what it is, but he's great. He's like the perf. Uh, he's the perfect like, like he's encouraging to the teams, but he can be like mm. a little sassy when he needs to yeah. be. But then most more recently, I have fallen into a sort a deep survivor hole where I'm just like watching all of the seasons of Survivor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think Jeff Probst, generally, pretty good at his job. Pretty good host. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you think, uh, did you have, like, can you pick out, and it's okay if the answer is no, uh-huh. but like a quality that like makes Probst a good host? Besides I, his name almost rhymes <laughs> with host. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, I think that any putty who has to provide running commentary on anything that's happening live like in mm. like Jeff Probst or uh, like a sports commentator or something, the ability to talk that much just nonstop mm. is actually super impressive because it's really hard. Yeah. Given yeah. given our line of work or sidelines of work, um, that it, it is weird to realize that person is better at talking than I am. Like yeah. they're professionally good at that's why they're yeah. on camera doing it for like an entire hour straight without edits. And they make yeah. it look easy yeah. and it's not no. it's well, really not and especially sportscasters like an hour would be a short uh, game right like yeah if you're if you're a baseball and sometimes they'll do double headers they'll, they'll be on air for like six hours in a day they must be just like dead afterwards i just can't imagine like yeah an hour podcast and like i'm like i need i need a nap right <laughs> yes <laughs> yes exactly um uh drew do you have any like go-to hosts that you think of as so, like two one yeah. we have to say because he just passed away based on the recording date is Bob Barker yep who was entertaining for like generations of people watching prices right and I think it's probably my gold standard for what game show host is and I think the interesting thing about him good with people very suave can kind of be a jerk sometimes to people and like you still yeah. like him even when he's just like being like like he's like being a little Mm, condescending maybe mm-hmm. or patronizing to some of the people that are on there so if you can do that and still Make me like you, then you're probably doing a good job. It's a little bit the Alex Trebek thing, right? Where like actually, yeah, he's he, that he could a be a little bit of a jerk, or at least like a, where you could tell he like didn't totally connect with people and was just like, ah, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> you're not gonna be back tomorrow. Um. So okay. Uh, so Bob Barker, Padma Lakshmi. Yeah. I yes. love what, Padma Lakshmi. what a great call. I'm so sad she's leaving. I think uh, Kristen is like the contestant that's taking over for her. She'll be very good. Padma gives attitude. And yeah. sometimes acts like she does not really care about people's feelings. Sometimes we'll connect with people. And it's a mix of sympathy and a lack of sympathy. Whereas, like, sometimes a withholding woman can be very enticing to me. <laughs> yes. Whereas, like, oh, she doesn't like me. I want to work really hard to, like, please her. And you can watch contestants do that. So I think she's very good. I think she's more of a squid sister in some way. Where, like, mm. stylish, beautiful. Yeah. Mm, maybe a little bit of an edge to her. Mm. I, I really like, and I, I think this sort of, like, 
commonality between all of these. Uh, the one that I was going to mention is uh, is uh, Stephen Colbert, um, mm. just because for for a couple of reasons. One being that like very empathetic person, but also being so like self assured in his persona, either as like a regular host or back when he was playing the character Stephen Colbert. Right. Um, that like I think it's really just confidence that we're responding to right mm -hmm. like a host has to be the most confident person on stage or in the room or whatever uh and it'll be interesting to see if these if our nintendo hosts <laughs> yeah follow this rule <laughs> at all these rules at all because they may not <laughs> uh we we may have some uh some hosts who are uh i guess just less confident uh so uh we we have as always brought three to five examples of our favorite nintendo hosts um mark would you like to go first Sure, yeah. I'll go first. Yeah. yeah. So my first host, and some of these, I brought extras, because some of these, I'm not sure if they're going to pass the, uh, the mm. smell test as to, like, what is a host well, do we within need to, these games. Do we need to define host? Or, um, or is that something we're going to discover together as I, we do this? I think it might be something that we discover together. All right, I'm fine with that. Uh, okay. My first one is Ring from Ring Fit Adventure. I see. Yes. And so this is where it's like, what is the difference <laughs> between like a guide, right, and a host? Yeah. Um, okay. What what I do? So, okay, I think this counts, um, and I, I I largely think it counts because I'm sure if you're going to like a fitness class, that person is your instructor, not the host, right? Right. But they're effectively hosting uh, the class, an yeah. exercise party. Uh -huh. <laughs> Right? They're, they're commanding everyone's attention for the entire time they're up there. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of that is just based on their confidence that they know what they're doing, right? Mm -hmm. And your confidence in them. Yeah, I buy that. I buy the ring as a host. Okay. Phew. All right. <laughs> then we're off we're off on an okay foot. <laughs> yes. The thing I like about Ring is that uh Ring has a lot of like personality for mm -hmm. just being a ring. Um touchy whenever people comment about their hair. Uh has about a fear the ring's of, hair? Uh-huh. Okay. Has a fear of ghosts. Uh, it once we know that it once loved an exercise instructor. Okay. Um, Do we know anything about that exercise instructor? And was it the Wii Fit trainer? I, I we don't know if it okay. was the Wii Fit trainer. I don't think we know anything about it. But we do know that Drago knows that Ring used to have a crush Whoa. because in like one of the battles, Drago's kind of giving uh, um, Ring crap. Mm. For this failed love affair, Drago, of course, being the main antagonist of, of Ring Fit Adventure. Yep, the hottie with the body. Uh, yeah, that's right. Um, I was just playing Ring Fit Adventure this morning um, and uh, battled Drago, and it's distracting to fight him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, I I I like that, and the, again, um, like the Ring acting as host, he's got that attitude. Right? Like, and like that confidence. Well, his whole job, like we were talking about with the uh, 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 real life exercise instructor, is to motivate you and keep you going, mm. right? And so he's very like flattering. The ring is all like, ring is always telling you how like nice your sweat looks. Yeah. It's making you like so. <laughs> your, your sweat is so shiny and beautiful. Uh, exactly. I mean, and that's, yeah. that's, that's like straight Richard Simmons right there, right? <laughs> I've not played this game, so I'm learning so much about this. This is <laughs> okay. This yeah. is this is nothing I expected that was actually in this game. Oh this is, yeah. Okay. I, I'm I, I. You're really opening my eyes to. So you like boot up the game and you play like the uh, the campaign mode and there's I ring like introduces itself as some and it, ring can be uh, canonically at least in English like male or female. You can mm -hmm. choose mm -hmm. whatever um, uh, voice actor you want. And they're like, hey, I'm Ring. And they're the personification 
of the like exercise equipment that you're holding that came with um, the game and is kind of like guiding you through the world. Yeah, well, and I mean, especially because like the the game presents itself as an RPG, but like is story light, so it kind of just has to like hang its hat on like the goofiness of like the scenarios and uh, the the characters. Um, and Ring is sort of your perspective character for all of that, because your player character has no personality. Yeah, and like does nothing. So um, yeah, I guess it makes sense that you would it would need this host character which I'm now insisting is a host, um, <laughs> to have, like, the stronger personality. Um, very good. Great first entry. Drew, would you like to go next? Sure. I'm going to say this assignment was difficult <laughs> because uh, this is something that the internet helped zero with if I was having trouble thinking of candidates. Like, the, there is not a category for this on any wiki that exists. Right, right. So this is, like, you, you guys are making, like, the first, like, list of this <laughs> that will ever exist online is um, existing on your podcast. We are doing this. You, we, <laughs> All of us together. We'll see how mine do. You can't back down from the responsibility <laughs> here. So I'm going to open up with a very obvious one. Um, and he fits the criteria, but I, it's Swanky Kong. Yeah, perfect. So he like literally he exists for no other reason than to host anything. I love this. I yeah. love yeah, I love it too. This is one job. His job is host. Mm -hmm. And yes. he is no one's favorite Kong, however. <laughs> no. No, where did we rank Swanky Kong when we ranked I, the Kong? I can't pretty, remember. It's pretty been low, so I think. Bo bottom yeah. it has to be bottom. You can't like anyone less than Well, they're like, they're like evil Kongs <laughs> too. So, Man yeah. Mankey Kong. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is, I, he's I, gotta be black. And I think yeah. yeah. Candy, I don't think fared that well. I, I don't remember, uh, and our recent conversation in the Discord about uh, Candy Kong has only freaked me out further, so <laughs> right. I, I don't know what to do there. But at least she has, like, uh, alarmingly sexy as a character trait. He is just game show. There's nothing else to him. Right. Right. And he's not been in any games aside from Donkey Kong Country 2 and 3 and the Game Boy Advance remakes. Eventually, they're just like, mm, we're not going to really <laughs> do him. He was in the movie, though. He was in the movie. Oh, um, is he in the in movie? In, like, the crowd scene, right? He might be oh, in the crowd scene. So, yeah. allegedly, he's also the one that gets uh, in the Take On Me part. Yeah. Um, he is the... Is that when they're racing? No, or so when it's they're when they're the getting the tour of Donkey Kong Country. It's Remember that that blonde ape who is, like, the bouncer uh -huh. at the gate? And yeah. he takes them up to the... To, um, uh, I keep on calling him King Kong. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Cranky Kong. Um, yeah, that's when Take On Me happens. Yeah. So, he he's oh, okay. a different... Ape who crashes on a banana peel during that scene. That allegedly is Swanky Kong. I did not know this until doing re research for this. But like even then, <laughs> he's like given a throwaway role. So it's like we don't really, no one really cares about him. But it, it is his job. Is so. he is he wearing the? Because it's Swanky Kong. He wears a, like a blue jacket, right? He like has a like blazer? a shiny like uh, blazer, and yeah. then he gets a he gets a costume change at some point. But I don't yeah, in what two is. in two, it's like the big oversized blue blazer, and then yeah. in three, it's like a silver. Um, like uh, suit, yeah. So it's flashy all the time. Is yeah. is? Do we think there's a a host that he is supposed to look like? I don't. He, he just looks like Donkey Kong in a in a blazer. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, that's a good yeah. Point. Yeah. Does he have like whiter teeth than the rest of the Kongs? I he has he 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 has gold. He has a couple of gold teeth. And oh, so I think that's like it's so his that's renders a, his renders okay. a lot of time have like uh sparkle for that reason. Yeah. That 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 makes sense. Why? Um, I mean, I guess it's just that we haven't seen like a deep exploration of the Kong family characters in a while. Right. Um, but if they ever go back to it, like we got to see more about this guy, right? Why isn't he hosting a mini game collection of some kind? He might be the Stanley the Bugman of the Donkey Kong family. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
Yes. <laughs> uh, Swanky Krong, great pick. Uh, for my first uh, host, I am picking one of my favorite hobby horses, the Arcade Bunny from Nintendo Badge Arcade. Uh, a pink rabbit who will let you play claw machine games on your 3DS, except not anymore because the game was like wholly online and just physically impossible to play it right. in any form right now. Um, but here's another uh, character who's got like, he's got that confidence um, and um, will like move into, he's almost got that like happy mask salesman thing of like the emotions turning on a dime. Um, and uh, he'll suddenly be like mad or trying to bully you or something. Um, but mostly I just want to see this pink rabbit and more stuff. I'm positive Nintendo will bring him back. You're positive. I am, because they have such a love of their weirdos, and yeah. I feel like they know that they're... It is not just this podcast. There is, there's, a, there's a fandom <laughs> of him beyond this podcast, and he's a very appealing design. I think he will come back in some form. Um, I, I liked the way he would... Uh, phys- did either of you play uh, no. Badge Arcade at all? I've just seen videos of it. Um, there are times when he's talking to you, and... He talks too much, right? <laughs> like, um, uh, it, it is, uh, I guess, to the sports thing that we were talking about. Like, he has the ability to speak even when he should probably be quiet. Um, but, uh, like, as he's speaking, he, he will physically change. So he'll become, like, a big, like, muscular, like, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger-looking rabbit. He'll turn into, like, a actual, like, photograph of a rabbit <laughs> and be talking to you that way. So there's something very, like, Looney Tunesy about him. Uh, where like even his his like the medium that he's being presented in changes uh, as as you're talking to him. I just think that's fun. That is fun. Yeah, I never played Nintendo Badge Arcade, um, but like Drew was saying, this rabbit has a reputation. Mm-hmm. So I, I do hope that someday it comes back. Uh, and I hope they name him because mm. arcade arcade bunny is like it's good. It says what you have, what you get in the tin, right? Uh-huh. Like it's, it's, it's right there. Um, I wish he had a name. He does have a uh, name tag uh, <laughs> on, on his blazer uh, that says ABCDE. <laughs> so it feels like that's got to just be placeholder text. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's his name. I like that. I like that a lot. I, I hope it is his name, and I hope there's like a real pronunciation for it. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm sorry. Before I go into my next one, yes. I just wanted to go back. Drew, you said that you weren't super familiar with uh, Ring Fit Adventure. So when we were talking about Drago as like the hottie with the body, does, do you know what that means? Don't know it. I was oh, okay. thinking that's oh. something I'm going to have to look up on my phone <laughs> when I walk yep, home. Yep, yep, yep. It, ab- it, it is. absolutely is. The main antagonist of the game uh, is a ripped like purple dragon wearing a singlet. Yeah. I'm surprised this hasn't crossed my desk until now. <laughs> Usually this is the kind of thing I find out about on Tumblr. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to go back and make no, that's sure, good, make that's sure good. you, you have that important that. Yeah. How do you how do you spell that? D R A G O? No, E A U X. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's a fancy way to spell Drago. that. Drago. Uh-huh. Drago. Okay. So yeah, just some information. That's, you and I that's are both very excited about that X. <laughs> All right, so my next pick? Mm-hmm. Okay, my second pick is from a Nintendo DS game, and it's Dr. Kawashima from Brain Age, yeah, Train Your Brain pull. in Minutes a Day. Um, and this, So Dr. Kawashima is truly the host of this game. He's like this like uh, uh, polygon rendered in this like almost like Max Headroom type of way. Yeah. Or like, is sh- or something like a out Star of, like, Fox ball. Yeah, he, looks, he, he looks like yeah. Andros. Yes, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like Andros. But a real Japanese man 
that uh, you know had this idea that if you exercised your brain um, every day, you could train it just like you could a muscle. And so uh, that's what this Nintendo DS game was based on. I feel like we've talked about it fairly recently on the show. Yeah. But basically, the way it worked is you held your Nintendo DS like a book. And when you first booted up the game, this uh, like uh, Andross-esque face of Dr. Kawashima would introduce himself, introduce this idea of exercising your brain every day, and that your ideal, like, I, I feel like the peak brain age was 20. Yeah. And But, you know, he expressed how challenging it would be to get to that point. But he encouraged you to exercise your brain every day. And so there was a series of, like, Sudoku or math puzzles or um, I'm trying to think of, like, what the other ones were. I mean, were. sometimes it would, like, say... Uh, there were things where, like, uh, it would be like, what's the color of this word? And then a word would appear, and the word would be blue, but the text would be in red. Oh, yeah. And you would have to speak red into the microphone. Yes, that's right. But Dr. Kawashima was your host through the whole thing. He uh, guided you through the entire process, congratulated you for your progress, mm -hmm. um, it would encourage you when you maybe had a rough brain age training day. Uh, I maybe... I'll, I mean, not all of my hosts are like uh, uh, these sort of like are like our teachers, our teachers, <laughs> yeah, or instructors of some kind. I promise. No, but I think I, I think Dr. Kawashima is a good one. I like that it is a real human being who also exists in the real world. I have one of those on my list as well. Um, but it, it's a uh, I yeah I think I, I think that's a good one. Um, there. Nintendo had to stop, like, saying that it was, like, actually beneficial to your brain health, That's right? That's, like, the speculation yeah. as to why we don't get brain training games anymore. And instead, we get, like, Big Brain Academy. Yeah, Even yeah, when yeah. they get released in Japan and uh, Europe is that Nintendo of America is trying to avoid any lawsuits because they're making claims about, like, brain health. That or are unsubstantiated. Like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. All right. <laughs> Is, so if Dr. Kawashima is a real person, does that mean that he's the only real person who appears in Smash Brothers? Whoa. Oh, wow. Because he's an assist trophy in Smash Brothers, yeah, and he sure kills is. you with numbers. <laughs> and I just think like he could be playing that and like summon himself and be like, that's me. I'm killing everyone with numbers. Yeah. That's me. I mean, as long as, we, as long as we don't count the me fighters right. as... Because uh, you can make a me of yourself and you then put it in that, the game. Yes. But, right. But let's throw the me fighters out, because who cares? No. Right? They don't count. Well, and it'll never be... The Mii Fighter will... I guess... Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> so one more question about Brain Age, which I've not played, but I'm familiar with in general. The ideal Brain Age is 20. I think that's what it said. It's been a, it's real, weird. I, it's I been a really like, long time since I played it. I feel like it might be 18. <laughs> I was really dumb when I was 18 to 20. Oh, I was like, yeah. like, yeah. Really, like terrible, terrible brain. Like, I, I don't want to go back there. No, I mean, the whole thing is... You know, based on pseudoscience, right? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it, it, it. I remember it being very strange because I was probably playing it when I was like uh, 22, 23, something like that. You're like, um, I'm great. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm doing great. Um, but like, you know, would play the game and be like, ooh, sorry, your brain is 55. Like, oh, God. But then I, I remember achieving scores below my actual age um, and was like, okay, well, I don't. It's it's weird to uh, measure a brain's effectiveness by giving it an age. Mark, you're just watching videos of <laughs> yeah, Dr. Kawashima. I'm, right I'm, watching, I'm watching the uh, 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 long play of, uh, of it to see if I can uh, get to the point where he's like, um, but I'm not going to get there yet. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, Dr. Kawashima, a great entry in our... Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, yeah. It said something about 20? Yeah. 
Um, it said, and maybe this be, maybe knows your birthday. I don't know, but it's like your brain will not yeah. be as strong as one with the ideal brain age of twenty. So there they go. But huh. no, but maybe brain age is, is a measure that is different from like physical age. Oh, that's okay. interesting. That yeah. that makes more sense. Okay, yeah. Probably shouldn't call it age then. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why they don't release these games <laughs> in the U.S. anymore. Point. Uh, Drew, who, who you got for your next host? Um, kind of along similar lines. Um, it's a pick that I'm not sure. I don't know if I've heard you guys talk about this game, but you, I'm sure you know it. Um, Monita from Nintendo Land. Yes. yes. This is like the computer, right? That like is the host. Is the host. Is the, kind of a tutorial, yeah. but has m- more personality than just a tutorial would have. And it's a really weird character where uh, like, it's like a monitor with a hand. And again, like we were talking about earlier with a Cuckoo Land character, they gendered her. And they're like, it, it's she's a girl. Yeah. But there's nothing about her that reads necessarily as feminine, except she has like a like a feminine robot voice. And they made her just weird enough that she has more personality than a typical tutorial robot would have. Yeah. So I'm like, I feel like this character is a character that might have had a presence with Nintendo beyond this one game. But I don't think anyone liked Nintendo Land, oh. and uh, Monita has never shown up again. I don't think. Right. Well, that that's. Fascinating. I feel like we can put her sort of in the same category as uh, Mary O, the mm, um, like mm-hmm. help uh, assistant, whatever in um, Super Mario Maker. Who they also um, got rid of. Who, was she not in the she, second? They, one? There was a new girl. There was a they they got they brought back the pigeon and undo dog, and they yeah. brought back they brought a new girl, Mary O. I guess she died. I don't know. I don't <laughs> like that at all. <laughs> I mean, I love uh, look. The more times we can bring back the undo dog, the better. I love that undo dog. From Mario Paint, right? From Mario Paint, yeah. 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 Alive and well, probably gonna be playable in Mario Kart one day. I (laughs) I love it. I swear to God, I love it. Undo dog for Smash. (laughs) (laughs) All you can do is take back the last action. Um, That's great. So I I don't know much about her personality. I've only played uh, Nintendo Land um, like at other people's homes. I've never owned a copy before. Um, Is is there like a uh, uh, an element of her? Uh, personality that we can pin down so i tried to reach back in my head and remember playing this game i remember liking her a lot she's just a little creepy and they gave her like the spark it's like she's i think she's like uh is what brings nintendo land into weird nintendo just enough yeah where um she is um yearning to be more than what she is but she's essentially just the menu screen at this like very strange nintendo themed amusement park where the rides are just okay that, yeah, and she's trapped there. <laughs> that is funny. I love a robot that yearns to be more than what it is. Yeah, I think that's really good. She she should have she should have gone on to become Rob's girlfriend. It did not happen, and I feel very bad for her. It could still happen. It I could know. still happen. I think Badge Bunny has a better chance than I think you're probably Monita, right. But you know. one thing I'd like because you mentioned this about Monita, but uh, it's a very Nintendo because we think of Nintendo as a very like bright and happy. You know, they keep. They literally say that their goal is to bring smiles to people's faces, right? Mm-hmm. But w- but a very Nintendo thing is to give their characters that little bit of, like, weirdness. Mm-hmm. Like, we talked about this when we did our, yeah. um, uh, all, like, a few years ago, we determined the best Zelda NPC. And so many of those NPCs are that same sort of thing, where they're almost like, they have, like, a facade of friendliness and happiness, but there's, like, something cracked right, right, right. going on. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I love that stuff. Um, all right, my next poll for host is going to be our second real-life human being who also appears in a Nintendo game. It is Shinya Arino, uh, as he appears in Super Mario Maker as one of the costume Mario power-ups. So 
Shinya Arino is the host of Game Center CX in Japan. So he's like a show host, and the show is, uh, it's like a Let's Play series um, uh, that also has like all these other, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that like G4 would try to do, or like any time they try to bring uh, video games to TV, um, and it's just because like they had it figured out in Japan uh, at, at the very least. Uh, and this one guy is the only human being, who, like he, real life human being, who got a costume in Super Mario Maker in the costume Mario uh, power up. Are you familiar with the costume Mario power ups in general? I am. I don't remember. This is the one I don't remember though. Yeah. So the, I mean, there were like 153 of them total. Of them. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of them based on uh, uh, amiibo and some uh, just like based on like special event stuff that they did. They did like a Mario Kun one who mm. was like based on the uh, the uh, manga um, Mario. Um, and then this one that just looks like a Japanese man wearing a suit. <laughs> <laughs> a little eight bit version of him. I love this. I also love that it's like a reversal of what we've been talking about so far. <laughs> so it's not like a host of a video game. It's a host of a real life thing. Right. In a, in video, a video game. game. Right. Yeah. So he's probably not a very good host of a video game, <laughs> but he's been host of it. The, the show's been running <laughs> yeah. for 20 years. Really? Uh, yeah. Since 2003, um, one season of it was uh, uh, like broadcast on uh, Kotaku or at least like whatever they had like the, the rights to. They had it for like a year. Um, and then released a, a DVD of it. Um, and like that's the only bit of it that's a- available in uh, the States. Uh, but it's no longer actually available to stream on, on Kotaku. But, huh. uh, yeah, I went down a little rabbit hole and was like, what, what is this? Who is this? <laughs> um, uh, and like uh, the most popular segment on the show is where he just gets a retro challenge where his producers uh, give him a retro game to play and like reach the end of uh, in one day. Um, and then they like cut together the footage of him doing that. Oh, funny. Yep. So well, Shinya Arino. I'm jealous of anyone that can play as themselves in a, in a video game. So yeah. the fact that he could do that yeah. in Mario Maker is like, kind of awesome. So yeah, we're kind of, we're making now a little list of like, <laughs> Dr. Kawashima is the only person who can play as him, or it, see himself in uh, Super Smash Brothers, and uh, Shinya Reno is the only person who, c- who can play as himself in uh, Super Mario Maker. Man, what an honor. So weird they didn't bring these things back for uh, Mario Maker 2. Yeah. Don't really know why. It's just not present. Yeah. Uh, Mark? All right. Here's another one that... Uh We'll see how far I can get with this. Are any of these not stretches, Mark? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. My next pick is Master Hand from Super Smash Brothers. Okay. And here is my reasoning. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the first Smash Brothers game, Master Hand is seen, like, picking up the dolls putting them on the desk, Mm -hmm. and then the desk transforms into the battlefield, Mm -hmm. right? Master Hand is like the god of Super Smash Brothers. Mm -hmm. The ultimate host, if you will. Sure, God is the ultimate host. I think we can agree on that. (laughs) And so I that's why he's on this list. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, This is interesting because this is a host without a voice. That we perceive in the game. He has a voice, though, doesn't he? Well, oh, so this is a great question. Is he the one that's going like, Samus, is oh. that Master Hand? That does sound like him, right? It, 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 <laughs> I, I wait, mean, I've, ha- never, I've never thought, I've just seen, because like when you kill him, you hear this like 
death groan, but it, it sounds like the same voice as who announces everything. Well, and it, it just... Would, it makes sense. It just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because Masterhand is the one who's picking up these toys uh-huh. and, like, playing with them, like, making them battle each other. Yeah. And so he would be the one who's like, oh, uh, Masterhand, who are, who's playing now? Why, it's Samus! Sure. Pikachu! Pikachu. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that, was, that was spooky. <laughs> uh, how do you explain Crazy Hand, then? His friend. The devil? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, in right. the theology of Super right. Smash Brothers, that is, of course, he, true. He was cast out of Smash Heaven. Uh-huh. Right. Can I yeah. point out, as a left-handed person, how offensive it is that there's, like, Master <laughs> Hand and Crazy Hand is the binary we're given in these games? It's really, really not great. It's, it's the name of the character. I don't know what to tell you. Man. I, 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 whatever? Uh, yeah, okay. I think I think we can buy uh, yeah, Crazy Mas- uh, master no, hand, master not, hand. not crazy hand. No, right. Master, yeah. Sorry, Drew. Yeah, uh, master, <laughs> master hand is Drew, I'm the, so sorry. is the host of the Super Smash Brothers yeah. series. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, I buy that. Uh, Drew. Okay, so this one is more literal, and it is one that I think no one else in the world cares about. But Ken from WarioWare is oh. a dog uh, anchorman. TV reporter and VJ who appears in several games. Yes, he's like, um, the, he's like the Ryan Seacrest of uh, WarioWare. Yeah, he's, he's always working. I brought pictures of him because I'm like, I don't think they're necessarily going to readily who I'm talking about. Um, but uh, he is in the world of WarioWare. Um, there's this like preponderance of anthropomorphic dogs that yes. just have jobs out in Diamond City doing whatever, and one of them happens to be this guy named Ken, who's mm-hmm. just a, a brown dog. And he <laughs> does a lot of things on the show. He hosts, like, there's um, one of the Mona, like, vignettes. She's, like, uh, trying to get the top spot on, like, a TRL-style uh, MTV countdown. Yes. And he's, like, a co-host with an, a different dog named Joe. He's a different <laughs> brown dog. And, like... But Joe not, didn't make the list. Joe not on the list. Not as no, good. No, no. no. no this, th- th- this is the guy. Um, hardworking dog. <laughs> I gotta say, in later games, they have different dog reporters that are not him and they're like hmm. oh he's gone he's not here anymore so there's like different dogs named like ben and i was like Who's what happened to ken we don't know but like they they, they swapped him out but um he literally his job is his job is a very yeah. literal interpretation of host and this is just a facet of the warrior War games that is invisible to most people but i really like dogs and i like that there's just like a ton of dogs in this game for there's not like cats. There's not like there's. Well, there are cats, but they're not anthropomorphic, well, right? So, d- d- Spitz or Dribble, I can't remember which one is. There's him. The, oh yeah, the, the two cats, right. right? Yeah, but like he's the only one. So he's like a minority in this town that's like mostly dog, human dog. Yeah. I don't, it's, it's very creepy. Yeah, well, because there, there are the there are the regular cats that follow Jimmy P around. Yeah, like the dancing cats in the rain. Right. Um, the disco dancing cats. Right. Um, but yeah, that that is yeah. You're right. It, it is. Probably spits, right? That's got to be the, the the cat. If we what, had to what, guess, what, what's, what's your thinking? <laughs> what's your thinking? There? A dribble seems like a. Do- <laughs> oh, I see. Okay, like yeah. drool. Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that makes sense. I like that. Drool, yeah, dogs yeah, yeah. drool, okay. right? I think we're right. Yeah, yeah. I'm applying homework yeah. bound logic to this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's fantastic. Can the do- I was uh, looking through uh, WarioWare to find one, and uh, that very story with um, Mona. Um, like doing this American Idol style thing, I was like, "Can we like stretch that to be like she's an entertainer and therefore a host?" But uh, I'm Ken is a much better pull. Mark has now looked up Dribble and Spitz. And Can you I, homeward bound logic once again? Perfect. Uh, pull this through. Yeah. Um, what a great pull! I love that. Uh, for my third pick, I'm do- I'm doing a trio of characters that uh, act as hosts. 
to the vacationers on the Happy Home Paradise uh, within Animal Crossing New Horizons. Uh, Wardell, Nico, and Lottie. Um, they are, uh, Nico is the little monkey guy who will take you around. Um, and but he does like most of the work with the player character to design the homes of uh, the, where, where the various uh, animals are vacationing. Uh, and then Wardell is a manatee um, who speaks so slowly. Um, like, you know how in Animal Crossing, like you, you can hear what they're saying as uh, like the text goes across the screen. Um, his, you can almost understand it's happening so slow. Um, and he's great. I love him. Uh, he's Wait, clearly he's a monkey, right? No, no, no. Uh, Nico's the monkey. Oh, Nico's the monkey. Wardell's a manatee. Oh, thank goodness. I was worried that, well, not really worried. It actually got me excited for a second. That, like, cause, like, War, you were saying Wardell is the one that we can almost understand. Yes. Yeah. And if it was a monkey, then it would have been like, oh, you'd be like that much closer to the, the apes. Oh, I see, I see, I see. <laughs> but I, I understand now. Uh, and then there's Lottie, who's an otter, uh, and uh, a, a pink otter who wants to sell you a, a, a timeshare on an archipelago. I, I don't think there's a better character in fiction. <laughs> <laughs> They're just your constant companions as you are, uh, you know, trying to design homes for, uh, uh, for the villagers of Animal Crossing. Does Lottie exist in the other games? And also, is she one of the alternate costumes in Mario Maker? Ooh, she probably is. Okay. Um, because, uh, yeah, she definitely is, actually. Because, um, like, Kix and a couple of other um, that have amiibo, and there is an amiibo for Lottie. Why does Lottie have an amiibo? Because she is not... Is she in the regular console games? She's in... I, I believe that she's in New Leaf. Um, okay. Uh, but I... And, but she's not in vanilla uh, New Horizons until uh, 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 Happy Home Paradise comes along. Mark, again, saving us, looking up Lottie. Well, you're right. She, so she first appeared in Happy Home Designer. Oh, okay. And, All right. But is also in New Leaf. Okay. All right. Okay. Great. Um, so she's, she's a newer entrant. But, yeah, she, she had an amiibo when there was that like, line of Animal Crossing amiibos to go with uh, Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival, um, that, like, really janky board game that was like Mario Party but without minigames. Right. Um, <laughs> what is the point? <laughs> we, I mean, we could play it after this if you want. I've got a copy and all the Amiibo. Um, but, yeah, L Lottie's an icon. Uh, she's an icon. Um, and then there's a little monkey and a giant um, manatee. Who I don't think I've ever seen before because I've never played this game. And I'm like, well, I, I want to see what a manatee looks like. Yeah, they're all oh, cute. Oh, he's so big. Yeah. yeah, they're all adorable. Why is why are they not in, like, those are great designs. They, I, they should be they should be in, like, the games that I played on consoles. I believe that they are, uh, that Wardell and Nico are new additions to Happy Home Paradise. Okay. I, I don't think they've ever been in, in the series before. I have to imagine they'll be back in every game from here on out, because they're incredible. Yeah, they're, they're great. So this is, I just learned about these characters, really, so I, I, I don't know. Are they a thruple? Ooh, are they a thruple? I don't... Maybe. I feel like Nico is ace. <laughs> and Wardell's gay. It's gotta be. And then Lottie, probably also gay. So uh, <laughs> may, maybe not a thruple, but... <laughs> they're just roommates. Okay, that's yeah, just... <laughs> I don't know why I got that vibe. I just wanted to know. <laughs> No, it's good. It's good that we explore anytime we have a, a trio of characters. Are they a thruple? It's 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 good. Are the Splatoon house a thruple? Are D is Deep Cut a thruple? Ooh, Mark, what's your thought on that? I uh, I think we're back where we were with uh, Happy Home Paradise. Ace gay gay. Yes, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> Classic dynamic. Yeah. Ace gay gay. Mm. 
Uh, Mark, you're, we're on fourth round picks at this oh, point. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so uh, you, I actually mentioned it earlier. This is, uh, we had done an episode a few years ago with about the, uh, where we definitively determined the best leg- NPC from the entire Legend of Zelda series. That's right. Mm-hmm. And this is a character who made it far, but uh, did not end up winning out. And that is Salvatore from Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. Yes. And th- this is a character that hosts the sinking ships and barrel shoot minigames in Wind Waker. Uh, <laughs> sinking ships is just um, battleship. Mm-hmm. Um, and is also in Phantom Hourglass. But Salvatore, this is from his figurine description, quote, Long ago, Salvatore hoped to be a famous painter, but that dream didn't last long. He eventually returned to his hometown and came up with his current business plan. It's been a huge success, allowing him to purchase his own island, where he has opened up a second store in what he hopes will become a huge chain. He's now busy to trying to think up uh, that one idea that will spark his next big endeavor. Uh, What I like about Salvatore a lot is that uh, he is, you know, like a failed artist. Yeah, great. But can and relate. So, and relatable. So when yeah. you when you like go to play his mini games in Wind Waker, he could not be less interested <laughs> in helping you. Like he's like really just kind of like you know like lethargic, not that interested. But when you say you're going to play, he's a true artist. He's a true businessman. Mm. He turns it on. He turns on the charm, and he does these little performances mm-hmm. where he's holding up like uh paintings with uh the center portion cut out that it becomes his face and so he's telling you little stories he's doing accents he's like a real character and then when you're playing like mark wiener then when you're playing on wienerville remember wienerville <laughs> on nickelodeon yeah okay yeah <laughs> and then when you're uh playing sinking ships he's ma- as you're like making moves he's making the like sp- splash boom yeah. sounds uh, I love Salvatore. Yeah, he's like Salvatore is a good pull. You know, like he he's the he's the sneaky host. You wouldn't think that he's very good at it because you approach him and he doesn't seem very approachable. But then uh, once you decide to play, he's all in. He turns on the that performer charm. Yeah, it's a it's a uh, like the show must go on kind of thing. Where, like he may be clinically depressed uh-huh. <laughs> and have no desire to like get up and perform. Yeah, but you're there and you're paying him rupees, <laughs> so like he's gonna give you a show. Yep, and he does. I like that. Why didn't Salvatore win? Uh, because the Happy Mask sells. Oh, that's won. right. And he, yeah. that, that's a really good win. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Drew. Okay, so this is a newer pick, and I think it works based on the rather uh, wide interpretation of host that we've given so far. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Chef to- I don't know what you mean. <laughs> Chef Toad. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love this. So, yes, go. Explain so, Chef Toad. I didn't know he was a character until we I went, and when I saw I was like, who is this? I went to Super Nintendo World. Super Nintendo World. I, I saw him as a toy first. Yes. And it was like, oh, all these characters I know, and like, this guy, I've never seen this before. I'm certain this is not a character that exists. Then we went to the Toastal Cafe, and I was and like, oh, is. I am feeling so charmed by this entire thing. And this character, who I initially hated, because he seemed like he was shoehorned in out of nowhere, Yes. I have now come to love in a very dear way because uh, he's the face of that entire experience. And honestly, um, I, I enjoyed Super Nintendo World a lot. That was the, my favorite part of it. 
like, was that going just, to the cafe. Just the experience of the, not the food, but like the experience of everything else that was not yeah. related specifically to eating food in the cafe was amazing. And uh, he draws it together. I understand why they did it. It makes sense. It's what that attraction needed. Yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Chef Toad is like that's the kind of when we do exercises like this, if we can pull something like Chef Toad, he's not from a game, right? Like mm. I, that's this is perfect. I love this pick. Chef Toad <laughs> uh, charmed me as well. That was the one piece of merchandise that I got because I I was really disappointed with the merchandise of Super yeah, Nintendo wasn't, World. Wasn't, wasn't that great? But uh, I did get a I got a Chef Toad plush that's uh, in my house. Um, and he's he is you know like you said a, a constant presence in the cafe which has like a bunch of just like fun stuff happening on like the video walls you can see what's happening like outside Bowser attacks every like 17 minutes or something those poor um, people those, <laughs> look they deal though they're yeah, running yeah, away yeah, from yeah, giant bullet bills or whatever yeah. um, but there's also the one side where you can see into the kitchen where uh, the toads are and we we were there for a long time we were there we for had a wait, long time we had to wait for clean forks um, but. Uh, it seemed like those videos, like the loop on those inside the kitchen videos, were so long. I yeah. feel like we didn't see repeats of stuff, and we were there for like an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's such a fun one. So you get to see a lot of Chef Toad. Great pick, Drew. I'm I'm so jealous. That's such a good. I love that. Um, all right, for my fourth pick, I'm going with Rosalina because. I view her as the host of Rosalina's story time mm-hmm. in Super Mario Galaxy. Um, That's a good pick. Thank you. Uh, and the Rosalina storybook thing is such a weird slice of that game because it's like wholly optional. Um, if you don't go into Rosalina's library, um, where she lives with the Crypt Keeper, um, <laughs> you don't. And the host of. Uh, and, yeah, and the host of the Dark Pictures Anthology. Who has a name that's like the archivist? I don't know. Um, A B C D E. <laughs> might be A B C D E. Um, Rosalina will read to you from this uh, like chapter book that has this incredibly charming like watercolor art style, uh, and it's just the story of how she left Earth somehow <laughs> uh, and wound up wound up among the stars and like found them to be living creatures that she could take care of and like guide them through their life cycle. Um, as they die and become new stars and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's just a, a wholly charming, chill part of a game that is uh, always charming, but usually not very chill. And a little sad. A little yeah, sad, a little yeah. Sad. yeah. A little hint of sadness. Yeah, I think, I think that's that, like, that men- melancholy Nintendo thing that they sneak in there when you're like, this is cute, and then you're like, oh, my heart. <laughs> how'd, yeah. you, how'd you do that, Nintendo? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and there's something about it being like whole, like you said, like completely optional. Like you can go mm-hmm. through that game like without engaging with it at all. That is like that makes it like for whatever reason feel extra special. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it can be it can be missed. I told someone about that on a date once, and he did not believe me because he had not experienced it. He just like <laughs> played through the game, and he's like, "No, that must be like like two or something." I was like, "No, it's in the first one." Like that's it's, just, it's just like go it's just completely skippable, and uh, I I hope he went home and watched it on YouTube or something. But um, yeah, like did, well, and you'll never know because you obviously never talked. No, to him I, I, did, I did not. Yeah. Not no. for not for that reason. But yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Mark, you're we're on to final host picks Are already. We, okay, I have a can I we can I, do honorable be, mentions. Can afterwards I can I do a oh afterwards? Okay, all right. Well, because well, yeah. it might we may pick. Oh yeah, no, that's fair. Right, that's okay, fair. Yeah, that's, yeah, fair. that's fair. Okay. Um. It My, does feel like there's one character that we are all avoiding, but I don't know if that's true. Uh, I'll bring him up at the end. Okay, and great. See, see if we are, in fact, uh, actively avoiding him. 
Okay, so my last one is a sentimental pick, uh, and it doesn't come from a game. It's uh, um, Satoru Iwata, Shigeru Miyamoto, and Reggie Fizume yeah. hosting Nintendo Directs. Yeah. So that, uh, you know, that, like, 2010 or 11 or 12, whenever they started doing Directs, and, you know, uh, up until 2016 or 17, when Satoru Iwata died... Um, was that was that sixteen or, or fi- I I I was in my Franklin apartment, so it was before we moved here. Um, I think we moved here in two thousand sixteen. Maybe it was fourteen. Was it twenty? I don't know. Whatever it was. But the that like era of Nintendo Directs, I I think the Nintendo Directs now are fun. Uh, I think the hosts are you know still really good. But there's just something that was really special about that era of Nintendo Direct. Yeah. Because you could tell that those three people like genuinely really liked each other. Yeah. And that chemistry and like the fun that they would have in those Nintendo for good reason like doesn't try to fake it anymore. You know what I yeah. mean? Like they have changed the format of Nintendo Directs because the the chemistry that those three had it it, it just made them a lot of fun. Like when they were announcing Star Fox Zero. And they created puppet versions yeah, with the, right. you know, Jim Henson um, puppet workshop that, and it's like, well, why did they do that other than they just wanted to? And it seemed like a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that was just a really special era of Nintendo directs. Um, is that, I mean, obviously uh, Miyamoto and, and Reggie were like big parts of like being those recognizable like icons of that. But for, for whatever reason, like Iwata to me is like, he's the one that holds that together. Um, I just think about like the, cause they've obviously had other, uh, like developer personalities that Nintendo has been happy to put, you know, kind of like front and center, um, depending on like, uh, Koizumi, uh, when like Mario stuff is around right. or Aonuma when, uh, Zelda is, um, you know, what, what, what's happening. Um, but like, I don't know if Iwata was just like good enough at representing all of Nintendo as a brand to just like unify that. Oh, that was a special dude. Yeah, absolutely. Also, I looked it up. It was 2015. Okay. Really? Is it weird that it's that late? I would have, I would have guessed it was much earlier than that. Because it feels like we got so many more of them than we would have given that date span, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Hmm. Well, a somber pick for the last one, Mark. Not the one I was saying that I was avoiding. <laughs> Um, uh, Drew, for your final pick. Yeah, that was a really good pick. It's going to make my final pick look like a real real piece of crap. Um, <laughs> but uh, this is one that I'm going to pick to diss another one. But I think it's... I know who you're talking about. I'm not going to pick that one. Great. That, can be yours, <laughs> that, that can be yours to pick because... Uh, Honorable mention only, I think. If it's who I'm thinking about, I only know about that particular host through your podcast. <laughs> uh, in Paper Mario, the first Paper Mario, there is a character named Chuck Quizmo, who is a... Yes. Oh, yeah. Gross looking worm <laughs> yes. wearing a top hat. He's like a Willy Wonka as yeah. worm. Yeah. yeah. And he he's not from anything. He's an original creation. So you're just like, you just, you just made up a worm? That's, the worm is hosting a, a game show. He has an assistant um, female toad whose name is Vanna T, which is pretty a nice good. touch. That's, that's pretty good. That's actually great. That's, 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 that's so, wonderful. Someone in like, the, I know this is not a thing, but someone in like the Nintendo writer's room is like, guys, I got it. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that, we have to do that. <laughs> And I, I just like this. It's, it's a recurring segment. You can meet him in different locations, and he will quiz you about the game, and you ask questions. And I like that that exists. 
he is a much better looking version of a character who is the actual host of Mario Party 8, whose name is MC Ballyhoo, who looks like garbage. <laughs> he looks like rancid garbage. He's a, actually a trophy in Smash Brothers, and like everything about him is like, this is the least appealing Nintendo character I think I've ever seen. Oh, you're right. I've never seen MC Ballyhoo before, oh, but it is I, really I don't bad. care for it. He looks so annoying. And by contrast, this like dumb worm they put in Paper Mario, I'm like, I guess he's better. So I'm going to go with Chuck Quismo because he's not MC Ballyhoo. No, Chuck a trophy. He's a trophy. They gave him a trophy in one of the Smash Brothers games. I just find that disrespectful. But we got sh- to resurface the Paper Mario characters as, as trophies and stuff, right? Yeah, this, as, as something. I mean, I think they yes. show up as like s- stickers and spirits, but like, yeah. uh, not I'm, enough. I, you know, I don't buy a lot of Amiibo, but I would buy a Chuck Quismo Amiibo. He's so people yeah. be like, what? What is that from? And you're like a Mario game. You're like, really, <laughs> really? They let that character exist? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens with the new Super Mario RPG remake. But I'm hoping that I think it'll do very well, and people will be very enthusiastic about it. And maybe one day we'll get to see a reinterpretation of Paper Mario. Yeah, so we might get these characters again one day because that enthusiasm exists for those characters too. Absolutely. I mean, the Paper Mario fan base is, especially for those first two games, yeah. Yeah. they're intense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's bring them back. Uh, for my final pick, I'm, I'm going to save the cursed uh, host for, um, uh, for, for honorable mentions. Um, but I'm going to go with Gruntilda, a.k.a. Grunty, from Banjo-Kazooie, because this is the villain of uh, Banjo-Kazooie, um, and she spends most of the game taunting you from a distance, right? Um, and you encounter her sister, who has a very, like, uh, Glinda the Good Witch kind of vibe to her, and she tells you, like, awful things that her sister Grunty does. Um, but as you approach the end of the game, as you approach the final boss, you are, uh, the, your final challenge before that is called Grunty's Furnace Fun, which is a game show slash board game that you play as Banjo and Kazooie, where you roll a die, and then you move a certain number of spaces on this game board, and whatever, like, the space says, you have to do. Sometimes it's a combat challenge. Sometimes it is a trivia question about Grunty from, like, the things that you've learned uh, talking to uh, her, her good witch-style sister. Um, and the whole thing is insufferably narrated by <laughs> Grunty. Does not shut up throughout. Is trash-talking you like crazy. And so... Um, she's really annoying, but she doesn't stop talking for like an hour. So by the cr- criteria we set forth earlier, a great host. Makes the list. Makes the list. Um, would we like to throw out some honorable mentions? I have a few. I got to just say the horse. Horse yeah. from oh, Everybody yeah. One horse. Two Switch. Uh-huh. Um, just a regular human wearing that horse mask. You know the one. <laughs> so is it... A pun on host and horse is 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 that why? Because I I don't I don't understand why this character is associated with the game. Yeah, uh, I mean I don't know, Mark. You gotta. Yeah, I <laughs> I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, I, not... th- I think this was their attempt at a Chuck Quizmo, you know. But not everything's a Chuck Quizmo. Sometimes you're an MC Ballyhoo. Right. Yeah. Yep. Quizmo or Ballyhoo. That's what we should. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For all these honorable mentions, we have to decide if they're a Quizmo or a Ballyhoo. Okay. Uh, other honorable mentions? I have like a, this is, like, I don't really like these hosts, but it's such a weird like uh, part of the Nintendo Wii era for me. Do you remember that game Mad World from Platinum Games that sure. was like black and white? It was ultra violent. 
Um, has a dude with a chainsaw on the cover. Uh, uh, yeah, because it's like he that's who you play as. And the whole thing is kind of like a, um, you know, like you exist in the world and are just killing other people. It's like hyper violent. Yeah. But the all it's uh, some sort of like game within the world that you're participating in. And the whole thing is hosted by these two talking heads that are voice. Uh, their names are Howard Buckshot Holmes and Crease Creasley. No, no, no. Crease. <laughs> Creeley uh, and Howard Buckshot Creasley is a better name. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a great right. name. Uh, Howard Buckshot Holmes is uh, ho- voiced by Greg Proops from like oh, who's it is anyway. Yeah. And then uh, Crease Creeley is voiced by John DiMaggio. Oh, whoa! And so they're just doing like running commentary while you're like chainsawing people in half, and it's like super hyper violent in this black and white world. And they they just give running commentary through the whole thing. Huh. Greg Greg Proops can't turn down a like host duo voicing a, a duo like that two headed alien in Phantom Menace. Is that him? Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. <laughs> the two headed the Greg Proops is the one head, and then the other one is like speaking an alien language. Uh huh. Yeah. Wow. Good for Greg Proops. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, those are ballyhoos for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, any other honorable mentions? So mine for I think she's been in released on a Nintendo system before, um, but uh, and I, I do like her, but she comes with a big asterisk, and it's Ula La from Space Channel Nine, yeah. uh, who's hi. like I think she's a reporter. I don't know what she's doing, but like <laughs> she has a microphone and she's on camera. It's her show you're watching, right, right. and you're watching her dance the aliens to death, I guess. <laughs> um, so I like her, and I wish she was more of a thing. But also we can't like her because of what she did to the singer from that band Delight. <laughs> You have to fill me in. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know that song, Groove is in the Heart? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay, so the leader, the lead singer of that band, uh, D-Light, is Miss Lady Cure. Uh-huh. And she was approached by Sega, and they're like, we want to use your likeness in a video game. And oh. the amount they offered her was not very much, and she's like, no. And then the game came out anyway, and she's like, that's me. Oh. It looks just like me. It dances like me. It acts like me. It dresses like me. I'm suing you for using my image without my permission. Whoa. She lost. And when you sue someone for a, a civil suit like that and you lose, you have to pay their attorney's fees. And Sega had $600,000 worth of attorney's fees and it ruined her. Right. So she lost. She like had to start over with no money after Groove is in the Heart already had its moment. And it is the fault of Ulala because Ulala is her and still is in video games. And she's like, that is still me. And I can't wow. sue them again because they won. Yeah. It cost her six hundred thousand dollars to try to like get money terrible. from Sega. <laughs> yeah, that is so terrible. she's super cute, and I like when she's in Sega stuff still. And uh, <laughs> next time you hear "Groove is in the Heart," be like that poor, that poor lady, that poor lady. Yeah, she's still well, uh, totally screwed Sega. over. Um, any other honorable mentions? Mm-hmm. No. All right. Uh, well, this is great. We came up with a a, a great list. Um, maybe the only definitive list of (laughs) (laughs) Nintendo hosts uh, there are. Let's close this out. Drew, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you so much for being here. We could not have done this without you. You, you would have you would have gotten fewer stories about uh, you wouldn't know who MC Ballyhoo was and that that's true that 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 would be a major I'd loss. be poor for it. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you for also inviting me to a recording that I could walk to from my house. Is there a place that people can follow you on social media or something? I'm still technically on Twitter at Drew G Mackey, but I'm also at Blue Sky and at Drew G Mackey M A C K I E and uh, uh, yeah that that should do it. Awesome. Uh, thanks again.
Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Thank you to our 16-bit patrons, Connor McCabe and Patrice Millette. We appreciate you. Um, join our Discord, send us an email, and we will send you an invitation. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 You can get more of his music by going to 8 or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellery saying thank you for listening. <laughs>